Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Friday. Is this Friday edition of the show? I'm still struggling to know what day of the week it is, Kyle, but welcome, and hopefully you can help me uh, get this uh, figured out. Yeah, so we're recording on Thursday, <laughs> but it is Friday as the folks are listening to this. And I'm mentally exhausted, Joe. I'm okay. tired. Of? I've made a resolution to myself. I'm not going to make fun of the Bills for a week. Oh, a week. So ne- a week. So after. <laughs> next Friday, the floodgates open. But for oh, the next geez. week, right. I'm trying my best to be a good friend to you. See, I don't know. And not talk about the Bills. I don't know if this is a trap or not. I don't know. So Scientists don't even know. Really. So I'm just going to be quiet. Well, listen, it's an exciting year or exciting time for football fans looking at like this rejuvenation of quarterbacks, right? Like if you take out Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, and Big Ben, and Eli Manning, you take out those five quarterbacks, this league is young at quarterback. You know, your next wave's what, like Cam Newton, Matt Ryan? Mm-hmm. As far as like established quarterbacks, like when those guys leave, when those five guys leave, you're going to have a ton of young quarterbacks. And it's it'll be interesting to see who separates themselves from the pack, who is able to really establish themselves. We think we know who some of the next faces of the league are going to be. But at the same time, we've had the old guard in place for like 15 years now. And now we're going to have within the next couple of years as these guys phase out, a whole new face of the league for the next decade, probably. It's an exciting time. Meanwhile, there's a fascinating part of this discussion that I've been thinking about lately. As much as we get excited about some of the younger quarterbacks in the league and some of the aging ones and some of the ones that are, you know, getting on 17th hole, we're still trying to figure out what the hell we have in Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. (laughs) Right. Entering year five. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah, poor Marcus, man. (laughs) <laughs> dudes, first of all, dudes made a glass. Second of all, I think the dudes had seven offensive coordinators in four years. <laughs> He's just Terry the turnover Rubisky in Tennessee. Jesus Christ, man. Don't get me started on Terry Rubisky. <laughs> what a dumpster fire that was. Shall we get into and, some of the 2019 discussion here? Yeah, That's we got to talk about some some pro day information. Yeah, we've had some some buzzy stuff come out of the – the pro day circuit were early on in the process. And I guess we should start with Kyler Murray, who for the first time, I think in the history of a pro day, somebody didn't measure, <laughs> somebody did not measure. He did not run. I, I think the run part, something that's not that surprising just because sometimes players don't run, but he didn't measure. And dude, we know you're small. What do you think here, Kyle? Like, if he comes in at five nine and three quarters, are we all just going to take him off the board versus five ten and one eighth? <laughs> like, what's the big deal? 
I don't understand what the big deal is. And I understand why I didn't run because he packed on all this shitty weight so that he could come on over 200 pounds and kind of put to bed the size narrative. And that's fine. You know, he could probably still go out and run mid four fives and be one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league right now when he's completely out of shape, but he doesn't want to hurt himself. So I understand not running, but like, I don't know. And and I I just genuinely I do not care about throwing sessions at all. No. I'm sorry. No, I so don't either. Good, good for you. You threw the football. I don't care. Here's the thing, man. If I draft Kyler Murray at all, right? Especially high in the draft where he would like to go and where I think he'll go. I want the I want the guy I got in Oklahoma last year. Whatever right. that guy. You need measured. the guy that's dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, what do what are we what are we trying to hide here, brother? Like. Or did you, did you get that much slower based on the additional weight? We already know you're short. Like there, there's to me, not doing it causes us to have these Makes discussions. Even even bigger deal than what it should be. Right. Really, you exacerbated the problem by us continuing to talk about your size. We already know you're small. I want that dynamic dude that I saw at Oklahoma last year. Now and here's it, the it, real here's the real question. Here's my question. He was weighed at the com- or measured at the combine five ten and one eight. There's no way the NFL lies about that number. (laughs) Right. Why would they lie about that number? What incentive could anybody ever possibly have to be like, oh, yeah, here's 100. Go ahead and add an extra half inch to Kyler's size. (laughs) Like, they would never do that, would they? I don't know. We're having these stupid discussions because this dude wouldn't let himself get measured. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a bunch of crap to me, Kyle. You know. And then some anonymous scout was like, oh. You said it sounds like what? I said it sounds like crap. Oh, yeah, I agree. It, it does sound like crap. It, speaking of crap, I got something that will change your life. I'm talking about King's Wipes, which are flushable white wipes that add a new level of clean that is just not possible with dry toilet paper. Kyle, sometimes I like to do activities with the fiance that involve cooking, and we were making some brownies, and... A little bit of that batter got on the counter. I love brownie batter. You know it's messy, what we did? though. You it's know messy. what we didn't do to clean up that brownie? Grab a dry paper towel. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't work well. Now, you're not going to catch me outside digging in the yard, doing yard work very often. But if I am and I'll get the dinner call to come in and eat the steak, you think I'm going to wipe my hands off with a napkin before eating? No. Every man is the king of his castle, and that includes the porcelain throne. Make the most of your throne time with large, luxurious wipes that are flushable, biodegradable, and infused with aloe vera to keep it all soft and clean. No matter where you are, King Wipes is on call. Keeping one in your back pocket can literally save your butt. King Wipes are great whenever you need to clean off or freshen up, so don't go without them. Available in both a 48 count and individually wrapped wipes for on the go, King Wipes makes every flush a royal flush. Visit kingwhites.com and enter Locked On 15 to save 15% on all purchases. Also available on Amazon. Remember, King Wipes are for the Duke in all of us. We'll be right back after this brief message to continue talking about the Pro Day circuit. All right, Jill. We're back. And one we of the are. things that we, we pride ourselves on this podcast are wonderful segues. And I want to credit you for setting yourself up on a wonderful segue and would just like to acknowledge that 
I saved your segue for you and say you're welcome. Because I almost talked over it. You, I almost ran you, through the red you light. You did. You did. I'm like, oh my God. I remembered, first of all, I remembered to do the ad read, which is <laughs> a win in, in and of itself. All right. And then I created my own segue and then I got, I got, I, I got the, you know, uh, uh, and then you caught yourself. So, um, I, folks, I cannot tell you how many times we set a time window to do an ad read and we look up and we're 22 minutes into the freaking podcast and Joe hasn't done, started the read yet. So <laughs> it was a must save to bring it back from the brink. And I'm glad we did. Thanks to so, our friends at King wipes. Yeah. Go on go get yourself some King wipes locked on 15, get that discount. Kyle, uh, Cleveland Farrell, Farrell, whatever the hell his name is. Farrell. <laughs> that dude that plays defensive end for Clemson. That's pretty good. Uh, he had a toe problem come up mm-hmm. and he was unable to run mm-hmm. at Clemson's pro day. And this comes on the heels of a combine performance where <clears throat> his agilities were not great. He didn't run the 40 there. He ran seven, two, six in the three cone, which is 42 percentile and a four, four 20 yard shuttle, which is 53 percentile. For some reason, he thought he'd do the 60 yard shuttle at 1207 to score in the 30 percentile. So a player that we're pretty comfortable with technique wise, right? Really good with his hands, plays with good extension, all that type of stuff, but we wanted to see, all right, what kind of juice do you have? What kind of burst? What kind of explosive ability? We don't have a vert. We don't have a broad. We don't have a 40. I'm going to try not to read too much into this one because I think Cleveland's first step get off is above average, but not good and not bad. So what do you know what he weighed in at the pro day? I don't. He was 264. 264 at the yeah, combine. 6'4 six, six, and 3 eighths, 264, 34 and an eighth inch arms. Okay, so he hits, He fits your prototype as far as your build for a 4-3 defensive end. That's fine. He's not a guy that's going to play in space. We know that already. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to double count that. If I had to guess, he's probably running high 4-8s, low 4-9s in the 40 with a average 10-yard split. Probably a high high one six. So it is what it is. I don't want to bang him too hard. He's insulting our intelligence a little bit by telling us he's got a toe problem that magically popped up on him, but I digress. <laughs> Where does he go, Kyle? Is this a first round prospect? Yeah, he's he has to be. I I can't envision a way in which he drops. Now I can envision this was a player that, you know, in a lot of mocks midseason was talked about as a top ten pick, was a popular you know, slot to anybody who needed edge defenders, whether that's Miami, Buffalo, any of those teams. I don't think he's going top 16 now. I think he's a back half of the first round player. I still think Tennessee's a candidate, even though they brought in Cameron Wake on a free agent deal. Yeah, Harold Landry, Cameron Wake, and uh, Cleveland Furrell adding into that, uh, kind of stepping into that quote-unquote Derek Morgan role. They're in that defense that they've had a, a player of that model for quite a while now, I think makes a lot of sense. I think you get to the Packers. They make sense at the end of the round, depending on what they choose to do at the beginning portions of the round. And um, I think he's somewhere in that the Raiders. 18, 18 to 30 range. Yeah, the Raiders are another good call, Joe. Yeah. Who knows what the hell the Chiefs are doing on defense. I think they've they're, they punted defense – Last year, and they're like they're going to punt it again this year. I mean, come on now, <laughs> what are we doing? Um, yeah, they're going to need some some pass rushers on the edge too. So there's, I mean, good pass rushers. There's going to be places for you, but I think for a guy like, like you said, there a guy that was maybe a first half of the first round guy. 
we're not quite talking about him like that. Right. And I think, I think if you look at, obviously some of this was helped by the franchise tags, right? Because you had Clowney got hit with the tag, Clark got hit with the tag, Ford got hit with the tag. All these really good pass rushers got hit with the franchise tag. But you're seeing, with the exception of the Lions and the Dolphins to a certain degree, because they offer Trey Flowers a competitive contract, but not $18 million a year contract, the Rams signed Fowler to a two-year deal, short-term deal. The rest of these teams, they're kind of standing pat with edge. There's not a lot of high dollar value. You know, the Jets tried to make Barr into an edge and Barr backed out. <laughs> so I think you're going to see there's an acknowledgement of this year's draft class has a lot of opportunities for edge rushers to go in the first round. And I think that's what really makes it a complicated proposition to say, hey, is Farrell going to slide out of the first round? Because there are so many teams that need that edge pass rusher. Yeah. And you don't wait on edge rushers. You don't no. wait. They go quick. And if you wait, you're going to get stuck with a different tier of guys that aren't likely to make much of an impact for you. Last thing to get into, Kyle, Tyree Jackson, this uh, Buffalo quarterback that's 6'7", 250 pounds and runs 4'5". A lot of buzz coming out of his pro day. A lot of buzz really since the Senior Bowl, right? And it's he's kind of been an ascending guy, if you will, since Senior Bowl combine pro day raw quarterback but now there's day two buzz on Tyree Jackson I kind of expect him to go on day two I don't value him there I think he needs a lot of work but day two I mean could this get real weird could he go in the first round a team that would want that fifth year option how much uh sizzle is there to his stock in your mind I can't envision first round there's no way because as much as we dislike the Drew Locks and the Daniel Joneses of the world, they're going. They're going to go. So um, so you think it's a numbers game? You think that there's I think it's a numbers game. Run. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we saw five quarterbacks go in the first round last year, and the last time we saw that was 1999. Yeah. It's, and then it's the time lot. before that was 83. Like, yeah. that's a lot to go in the first round. And while there's demand here, I don't think the value lines up for these guys in general. Like the Giants getting that second first round pick at 17 is a huge domino for getting an extra first round quarterback should they choose to go that way and not just draft the center and a right tackle with it. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, Daniel Jones, you know, we talked about this a little bit. <laughs> the pedigree and the connection with Peyton Manning and Dave Gettleman and geez, man, I, I struggle to think that Daniel Jones will be a top 20 selection, but it's a very real possibility right now. That scares the heck out of me as a draft guy. How do you balance this? Because I think anybody with a brain can survey the landscape of quarterbacks, coaches, needs, where he fits. Guy with his type of arm, he's going to be... Tyree? Yeah, we're, the logical destination is Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay Oh, definitely. Day two. There's Bruce a lot Arians. Of, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Loves to push the ball down the field. They need a backup quarterback, young guy that they can groom. They need to make sure they like what they have in Jameis. Those things all of, put together. Yeah, do you absolutely. Think, do you think, but now with that said, and I, I don't really care about people's feelings, especially when I'm trying to build a football team and try to get my quarterback position right. 
But how do you balance that at, if you do at all in terms of, hey, Jameis, we've kind of brought in Bruce Arians because we think it's the perfect coach for you. We want this to work. We need this year to find out if it's going to work. Oh, by the way, we're going to use this high second round pick on Tyree Jackson. High second? Yeah. I'm going day you, two. I'm not going high second. Where You can't wait. If you want Tyree Jackson, you can't wait. I'm not doing it. I'm telling you, I'm not drafting him probably at all. I'm taking him in the 70s if he's there. I'm not taking him in the 30s. Ain't no way. I wouldn't either. I'm telling you I wouldn't either, but I think in, re- I don't in the think reality of it. Wow, well, okay. I don't think they will. But at the same time, the way you justify that to Jameis is you say, hey, Jameis, your conduct and your play right. have put us in a situation in which we need to make sure we can count on you going forward. And we need to have contingency plans to do that. So we're going to draft a player that we feel very strongly fits what we want to do and can serve behind you as a reliable backup for as long as you are here. So don't yeah. mess it up. I'm not super concerned about Jameis Winston's feelings, if you will. No. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I think, oh, this is kind of a hot take. I don't know if you'll like this or not. There's there's two quarterbacks. There's two names that get tossed around with Tyree Jackson, one of them, of course, being Josh Allen from the Bills. The other one's Logan Thomas. I think he's a lot closer to Logan Thomas than he is Josh Allen. I don't think I disagree with you. No, Josh wasn't a guy I was high on at all last year, but, I mean, Logan coming out like Logan's issues, physically very gifted, but between the ears, like, just had no clue, right? Josh had some semblance of, like, working in a pro style offense. And that's something I've been asked on the radio a couple of times. Like what's the difference between Josh Allen and Tyree Jackson? Well, it's like, well, I get the vibe. A lot of times Tyree doesn't grasp what he's looking at at all. And you watch Josh last year at the senior bowl and then these one-on-ones and he understands concepts. It was, he struggled with the layers to the concepts yeah. and processing all of that information simultaneously. I agree with you. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. While we're talking quarterbacks, yeah. do you see what John Elway said yesterday? Yeah, I was thinking the he should probably idiot. go ahead and give the keys of the franchise to Connor Cook. Isn't he the available? Idiot. <laughs> John Elway's checklist for a franchise quarterback is oh, play in, in order, mind you, is plays under center, good arm strength, and he wins. Connor good Cook. Good God, man. Connor Cook. Good God, John. Really, we're still doing this. It's hard to it's hard to I mean, you're just so not self-aware. You're just not aware of what's going on. Right. Between, you know what? And it, go ahead. I was gonna say between Gettleman and and Elway, you're That's just exactly not where I was aware gonna go. of where yeah, it's yep. it's these dinosaurs that have been around the game so long that the only way they recognize the game being played is the game that they knew how it was played and how they recognize how it's played. It's a lack of self-awareness to the curve that's coming. Because if you're not progressive, you're old school. With the rules and the changes in this game, you are going to get left behind. And these old, long-time old heads that have been holding it down for a long time have been, been around the game. And if they're stubborn in their indoctrination of the way football's supposed to look, like, look, I'll be the first to tell you when I first started doing scouting, my first couple years, I was very stubborn. This is how I was taught a player is supposed to look. This is the techniques mm-hmm. that I like to see implemented on the film. 
these are things I need to say or I'm not going to like you. Well, guess what? Some of my early projections sucked. And that's part of learning in this business and in this industry is figuring out what's translatable and what's not. John's way too deep into the weeds at this point to be still be making these kinds of stupid mistakes and have that be your stupid criteria for a quarterback. I'm sorry. I have one area of your scouting that I have I, I want to critique. <laughs> Are we ready for this? No, apparently not, but here we go. I think I think there's one part that I don't think you've evolved with yet. What's that? And I have, and I have, and that's why I'm willing to talk about it. What's that? You do you are just against slot receivers, man. These mm. these these and I don't know if it's an overcorrection for the Switz stuff. And Switz might be fine with the Steelers this year. I mean Switz like, I had like I had like a fourth round grade on Switz, so it's not like I was like super high on Switz. I know that, but it felt like there's a lot I mean, of times. I, just, I, lo- I had a big crush right, on Switz as right, a player. And that, and that happens, right? There's players that I like more than their grade indicates. Yeah. But I don't think that these – that these, and I'm not just saying this because the Bills just signed Cole Beasley. Please, God, if that's what you take away, then you're missing the mark here. But I think that – I'm not talking some, about the Bills, so. No, I know that. But I'm saying it's – even look at what Adam Humphreys was given and Jamison Crowder. These types of receivers are foundational players in NFL offenses. And for those reasons, I mean, I gave the I, – I have major concerns with Andy Isabella. Major. But him and Hunter Renfro and, and those types of players, the Trent Taylors of the world. Even River Craycraft's carving out himself a little niche here. Those types of players, man, teams want them. I think it's something but that we have to be more open-minded. That's my point. When was River Craycraft drafted? Two or three years ago. No, when? In the draft. He didn't. Exactly. Oh, you're going to pull this. I can. We can go position by position and do this. We sure, we sure can, but my, my general point is there's two or three of these guys every single year, so I'm not going to put them in a pedestal and put them as a top fucking 50 pick. Excuse my French. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, When you there's don't, you, three guys, yeah. and there's going to be three guys next year, they're the exact same guy because, listen, <laughs> if you want to be a successful receiver, you got to have one or two things. you got to be an elite physical talent, or you got to have great freaking hands and know how to run great routes. And there are more great route runners out there than there are physical talents because those physical talents are freaks, and that's why they get drafted high, and that's why they're elite players. And that's but what's you, weird about it. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that's, you know, that's where for me the sticking point comes is the valuation of a player that's so easily replicated in my opinion because you see a lot of these guys and you're right they are very high usage with, you know, more three wide receiver sets in the NFL and the more space game that we're starting to play and but I just think you can find a lot of those guys who have had to maximize their football careers by doing something other than being a physical talent and being polished route runners of slot receivers. Maybe we'll talk Isabella another day. Let's do that. Let's plan that next week sometime. <laughs> yeah. Because we're at the end of our leash here. Yeah. Joe, we were a little worried coming into this show. We are like, man, is, is three topics on pro days going to be enough? It's always enough, man. You and I could fly in blind and we could talk 20 minutes of crap. And we'd have our king wives to clean it up. So Nice. Nice. Glad you guys swung by and checked out this Friday episode of The Draft Dudes. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hot takes Tuesday, takes on takes. Hit us with the hashtag takes on takes. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding Tape. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.